0: Welcome to episode 243 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I am your host, Patrick Greyholt, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And uh, we are here uh, in the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor. And uh, we are, of course, brought to you by the Darkening Network. And as such, we are sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Once you go deadly, you do not go back. Uh, I am here, of course, broadcasting with my partner in the show and my partner my co-host on the show and my co-host in life wow i must screwed that up only took me 240 episodes to get it right uh she is the baroness of bordeaux the countess of cabernet the mistress of merlot the real housewife of transylvania the michael phelps of wine the queen of the monsters and an honorary lizzie ladies and gentlemen it is ashes von nightmare
1: i am not a cat i'm just throwing that out there I'm not a lawyer either, but but I am not a cat.
0: I am ready to move forward.
1: <laughs> I'm willing to move forward like this. <laughs> I'm still laughing about that. It's, it's been a weird week. Thing. It's been a really weird week, both like in personal life and obviously with the, the the real life going arounds and stuff like that. So. Uh, I, I just I don't know I that 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 clip. It's just...
0: <laughs> I'm so glad I showed you. I am that. not
1: a cat. It's just been...
0: <laughs> I'm so glad I told you about that.
1: The, the the little the little ray of light that's been getting me through the past couple of days. Like... I think it's it's the way the cat looks that's so funny. I think
0: the the fact that the cat looks so confused, and I'm sure the guy on the other end looked just <laughs> as confused. <laughs> just... So we uh we have a very special guest today. we have a
1: really cool episode for you guys today
0: yeah we're very excited so let's just uh, get right into it uh he is the mastermind behind the wicked library and uh, ninthstory.com uh he also does dramatic readings which i found to be very very entertaining uh ladies and gentlemen mr dan Foydick. dan how are you today
2: i'm not too bad I, you know i really enjoyed the deep breath that you took before you you rattled off all her titles that was that was really cool
0: it's very reminiscent of uh, uh, Apollo Creed in Rocky IV.
1: <laughs> what you didn't see is he counts on, on, on his fingers to make sure that he's gotten them all.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there's a different, uh, you know, the, it's it's not the same order every time. I know the wine ones are usually the same, and Queen of the Monsters and an Honorary Lizzie is always the last one, but it's everything in between there. And sometimes I try to add different ones in that I'm just making up on the fly. But uh yeah, Dan, thank you for uh for joining us today. Um, absolutely I got a chance to uh check out your your uh your uh see it's weird to call it a podcast because it's it's kind of like a serialized uh Almost like a radio show, which I yeah. suppose that's what a podcast is.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it falls into the audio drama drama category. I mean, that's I the I was
0: trying to remember that term, but yeah, it's I mean, it's still a podcast, but it's uh, like you have seasons, and you know, you guys are up to what season ten now.
2: Yeah, so the Wicked Library is uh, starting Season 11 uh, this spring. So we just finished Season 10, and Victoria's Lift just finished Season 5, and will be going into – I'm sorry, Season 4 will be going into Season 5 in the springtime. So, um, And then rolled into the Wicked Library, of course, we have the private collector. And uh, for our patron supporters, we do the, uh, the Wicked Fairy Tales. We, we share a couple of those episodes with everybody, you know, just to kind of tease them and say, here's what you get um but yeah it's it's uh, a lot of stuff a lot of work and you know everything's a lot of fun as well but um yeah that's what we do
0: yeah you guys uh i was checking out your patreon page you have some pretty cool stuff you have close to a hundred uh patrons too which is pretty awesome
2: wow yeah you know oh. it's uh, slowly cultivating over time we slowly uh Hypnotize and and confuse people into sending us money, so that. Helps. <laughs> oh, I mean that's so, the so best that's way.
0: the way to do it. That's, okay, <laughs> that's the best way to get people's money is to hypnotize and confuse them.
2: Well, that's the, the librarian's very good at that, and and of course Victoria has her ways as well. So.
0: Oh yes, yes. You, you don't want to hear a song from her music box.
2: That's right. That's right.
0: Um, although I suppose it's worse if you don't hear the song.
2: <laughs> this is probably true. The basement's not some place you want to go.
0: No. No. Ooh, this door has my name on it. I yes, wonder it if I should go in. So, what we like to do, because you are a first-time guest, uh, what we like to do is uh, we do a little thing called getting into character, where we ask you a bunch of random questions that you know are slightly tangentially tied to uh, why you're here, and then a couple of you know just off the wall, complete bonkers uh, questions like uh, we discussed off off the air. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to start, if you are uh, ready to tackle these hard-hitting uh, journalistic questions.
2: You know, I, I don't think I could be more ready.
0: Awesome. <laughs> so the first question I have for you, uh, considering you couldn't be more ready, I'm going to hit you with the uh, the, 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 the uh, high heat here. Twilight Zone or The Outer Limits?
2: I'd have to go Twilight Zone. I'm a huge fan of the Twilight Zone. We 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 draw a lot of inspiration for that whenever we were creating Victorious Lift. So yeah, I'd I'd go. Not that I don't love Outer Limits, but uh, I'm I'm more the Twilight Zone. I
0: think. And I'll I'll be honest. Listening to uh, the first episode of Victorious Lift Lift was kind of what made me. You know, as I'm listening to this episode, I'm like, okay, this is definitely a a Richard Matheson type uh, story. So let me uh, let me let me. uh, throw this question out there so ashes i know you have uh questions as well
1: i probably have the most difficult question anyone could potentially answer where
0: are
1: my keys (laughs) keys? yeah um and i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it right to you in your opinion what is the superior potato form uh
2: well you know i gotta i'm gonna take the glasses off for that one and, and uh switch to my alter ego um I guess tater tots. Yes. Yes. Well made tater tots. I mean, I, I, I yeah. Yes! I mean, I, 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 not that I don't love the, uh, the fry or the waffle fry. Um, uh, the potato chips always, uh, always fun. Uh, I'm not a big fan of those dried potato sticks that you get in the can. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, hands down, if I'm given a choice every time, it's tater tots.
0: All right. That's a pretty, you know, that's a, that's a solid question because <laughs> potatoes, I would say, are, The most versatile of all of all
2: vegetables.
1: I mean, you could have an entire meal made of potato, including your beverage.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh, Great for breakfast. Great for second breakfast. Um, Leavensies. Mash them. Eat eat them. Boil (laughs) them, mash them, stick (laughs) (laughs) them in a stew. That's right. That's exactly what I can remember.
0: I, I knew where you were going on that. Fantastic. boil a mashem mold
2: them into tots uh, yeah <laughs> see this is why we're gonna get along we're, 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 we're cut from the same cloth
0: yes yeah and, and ashes loves her tater tots so
2: i do yeah
1: it's a it's a weekly occurrence in our house yeah
0: we have tater tots at least once a week
2: fantastic
0: I'll yeah have to come over yeah oh come on down
1: i'll have to try making my own have you ever tried making your own tater tot
2: it has failed miserably
1: yeah <laughs>
2: but i bet it was
0: still delicious
2: yeah, you know, it it seems like it should be something simple, right? It's, I mean, it's basically just shredded potato, but there, it, I don't know what it is, but there's something complex to it.
0: I'm just stick them in a Magic. Nice tube tray. Magic <laughs> tray. Okay. Uh, if you could have a drink or dinner, because I don't know if you uh, if you partake in uh, in uh, the, the libations, out, the older uh, the adult beverages. Uh, if you could have a drink or dinner with any literary character, who would it be? Wow! I mean,
2: um, it doesn't necessarily
0: have to be, you know, someone that's like known for, you know, like any of like Hemingway's characters or something like that. But you know, it could be just like I would love to have dinner with Hannibal Lecter, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean that would be delicious, right? I mean, I'm I've heard he's he serves some really fresh meats. Yeah, how was the um, how was the experience? Choice, choice Very quality. person
0: person. That's
2: right. <laughs> Selected just for your enjoyment always rude um the rude are so much more delicious um
0: free range rude
2: <laughs> yeah correct how about um how about Mr. Wednesday uh, from uh, from uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods oh that's
0: a pretty good one mm-hmm.
2: although I, I have to say after watching the 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 televised version I'm I'm probably um, more inclined to to say that, um, because the portrayal on on the uh, on the show is phenomenal, but uh, I, I am a lover of the book first, so
0: that's fair. Uh, Neil does some quality work.
2: He does.
1: So if you could describe your personality using any three characters from any medium, who would you choose?
2: Wow see, and, and, and you told me these are going to be easy. Um, actually, no, I don't think you did. Um, hmm. That's really interesting. Um, I guess it would be cheating to say characters that I've created because we all know that any character that you create is, is a big part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of subconscious stuff lying around in there. I mean, like my character Victoria is probably the better parts of me, the, the parts that I wish I could be. Um, three characters um, Wow yeah it's not easy <laughs> it is not easy um, I mean I, I think maybe I just narrow it down let's go let's let's go Star Wars um, so so how about uh, the the scheming of Palpatine uh, the anger of Vader and uh, the hope of Skywalker
1: okay ooh I like that. That's a really good answer.
0: Yeah. Narrowing it down.
2: Yeah.
1: Because
0: uh, this was like a, a meme that went around on Facebook a couple of years ago and we were trying to come up
2: with
1: that. I mean, like, and it's, a, you know, it's kind of a loaded question too, because for some people like myself included, it depends on the day.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Um, yeah, I mean, I constantly fight the rage. I mean, that's something that I carry around. It's 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 part of what drives the fire is just constantly being angry about things. I'm trying to get better at that. But, you know, it, it used channeled the correct way. It's good fuel. Um, I, I do try to plan things out very well. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I always uh, hope that I can overcome the challenges that I have and, and become better. So, um, yeah, we'll just throw those three together.
0: I think that works out well. I think when I, when I did it, it was uh, Bender from Futurama, uh, Sean from Shaun of the Dead, and Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes.
2: Very nice. Very uh, nice. With
0: some real uh, re- a real eclectic mix.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because it, it borrows from so many different universes, so I like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you know, Calvin is... I have Calvin tattooed on my forearm. Very nice. And it's not one of those, like, Calvin urinating on something. It's just Calvin <laughs> and Hobbes when they pretended <laughs> to be zombies. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was funny. The first two times I saw it. Um, yeah, after that, it was just annoying.
0: It's like, oh, you ruined that character. Like, that's not what he would do. Yes. Um, so your final getting into character question is, what is your favorite beverage to uh, relax and listen to podcasts?
2: Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with a good bourbon. Okay.
1: Any any specific brand that you're partial to? Uh,
2: you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm not super fancy. I mean, I, I guess I'd go with maybe a, a, a Maker's Mark. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: th- that can sometimes be a little sour, so sometimes I'll 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 do with uh, you know a, a, a nice Scotch, but um, Scotch isn't technically bourbon. Um, yeah, l- let's just go with Maker's Mark. That's fine.
0: That's a good one. There's one, I forget what the hell the name, the caramel one that I had that I really liked.
1: Oh, I forget the Yeah, I forget it's the, something like the black name.
0: velvet or something. I don't know. It, it's not like a high end brand, but it has like this real nice caramel finish to it. And so I would n- sit in the
2: closet uh, breathing oxygen and, and saying mommy, mommy, mommy over and over again. Oh, no, that's blue velvet. Never mind. Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: H- huffing, huffing ether and, and sexually assaulting Isabella Rossellini. Yeah, uh, right. No, uh,. <laughs>
2: Depends on how much you drink. Peps Blue Ribbon. That's right. It's my favorite beverage for relaxing too. I should have gone with Peps Blue Ribbon. All right.
0: Well, you uh, you survived the gauntlet of uh, <laughs> of getting into character questions. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick uh, quick break. Uh, we'll uh, hear a zombie talking about coffee, and then when we come back, uh, we'll get into uh, some of the stuff that you do and uh, how we were introduced. Because that's the prime story so uh we'll be right back
1: everyone thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee well they're wrong there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval deadly grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure the aroma is so intoxicating it brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork deadly grounds coffee coffee to die for and zombie approved it's good to get a little deadly Close the front
0: door. Oh, they're so disgusting.
2: And we are back. Uh, it doesn't taste like brains, right? It's it's actually tastes like coffee. It's delicious. Oh, it's it's the it's m- actually. Best yeah, I would
0: coffee. say it's some of
1: the best coffee I've ever had, and I'm not just saying that because they're like our sponsor, but um, we were actually drinking the coffee before they became our sponsor. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's i I'm not usually a huge fan of the flavored coffees. I think that they have a really weird aftertaste to them. And sometimes, you know, they smell good and then you actually taste it. And it's like, this isn't what it's supposed to taste like at all. Um, The, the, the process that they use to infuse the, the flavor into the coffee, there's like a, a nice balance between the actual flavor that it's supposed to be and the coffee. Like one doesn't overpower the other mm. without that really weird, like bitter, stale aftertaste that some of the flavors can give you.
0: Yeah. Nice. It, yeah,
2: it, I'm a big fan of coffee, so I was just curious.
0: Oh yeah, they have uh, they have some we just tried some of their uh, newer flavors. I would say
1: like I, I feel like if you're if you're in the entertainment I I to say business for lack of a better Spirit. word like if if you're if you're involved in entertaining the masses in some way shape or form like you need to be coffee is your
2: life support. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You need a little caffeine, a little kick in the butt
0: there. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's you know what you do when you can't afford cocaine then, um,
2: <laughs> somewhere between weak tea and cocaine sits what you actually need.
0: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. And this stuff is, uh, you know, they, they have fun play. And if you've ever been to a horror con, you might've seen them. Cause I know they come out uh, your way. They're based out of Connecticut mm-hmm. and uh, they, they do great stuff. The reason they're a sponsor is because uh, the aforementioned Leo uh, just would spend, like ridiculous amounts of money on their coffee and they were just like you already buy a ton of stuff like let's you know give back a little to you and you know as a yeah, result we're trying we... to
2: balance that out towards zero right yeah, yeah. like we uh
0: <laughs> oh there's no way it's going to balance to zero like they drive a dump truck full of coffee up to leo's house like nice. that's yeah they've got you know like we were talking about uh we They have some great flavors, like Zombie Highland Grog, Day of the Dead Roast, some of their new stuff. I still have to order some of the uh, toasted s'mores. Uh, Yeah, they have some good flavors. And I'm a guy who likes a lot of sugar and cream in my coffee, but I don't put sugar into my Deadly Grounds. Nice. That's how good the flavors are. Wow. So, uh, as as much as I'd love to talk about coffee for a while...
2: um, And your sponsors would love you to talk about it, too. (laughs) Yes,
0: they would. Uh, but we have you here because we're here to talk about your stuff, and we were put into contact through our mutual friend who uh, we love very dearly because she is uh, so awesome, uh, Jeanette Andromeda, who, as uh, as folks know, not only did the artwork for my book, How Much Do You Tip an Exorcist, but she also did the artwork for... Um, uh, the lift, nine stories of transformation, and thirteen wicked tales that you did. Oh, and there goes my ring light. Could you grab that for <laughs> oh, me? God. I have that just kind of standing. As well as
1: I- yeah, I, I've seen some of the artwork that she did for the um the Victoria's lift.
0: Yeah, that's what I just yeah thought.
1: yeah, and it's phenomenal. Like Jeanette does such an amazing job with everything that she does but there are certain things where i'm just like girl that is so good and yes. the the artwork that she did for you um just uh the, the the colors are like the black and white with just the green mm-hmm. oh Definitely it is cap- so good aesthetics. it is
2: so good so yeah she's awesome how did you guys meet so i used to do um an interview podcast m- many moons ago called ninth story podcast and it was interviewing Ooh storytellers so basically that was the the premise well I started off with uh, a good friend of mine Craig Weber and um, we we did a lot of internal discussions about what storytelling is how stories work all that fun stuff and uh, started to do interviews and um, I was reaching out I was starting to get into the the whole social media thing which I'm I'm still terrible at which is why Jeanette actually does most of my social media for me now But I was kind of like, well, you know, I want to make a new Let's see if we can make a new Twitter friend today. And um, I started looking at people that followed the show and uh, found Jeanette, saw her artwork and started looking at her art and, you know, just sent her a message and just said, you know, I I wanted to let you know, I really enjoy what you're making. Um, It's one of the things as creatives that I think is is tough that, you know, we don't always get as much feedback as we would would like, right? You know, it's Mm -hmm. like sometimes all you just want to know is that's, Something that you made meant something to somebody, or you know, that they enjoyed looking at it. And, um, you know, I don't think we get a lot of that feedback. Woe is us, right? Um, that's not why we create, but it's nice when it happens. Um, so we kind of connected over that and, and you know, started talking. And I started to commission her for some artwork and pulled her into, uh, doing cover art for the Wicked Library and for Victoria's Lift. Um, you know, eventually over the seasons, we've kind of evolved to where. We do one image for the season Uh, that may change eventually at some point again. Uh, But we had multiple artists that we were managing um, and Jeanette was one of the more stable, I think, that, you know, without naming names, there were like two or three of the artists that we worked with that were rock solid all the time. And Jeanette, of course, was was one of them. So um, eventually we got to the point in our friendship where I wanted to kind of retire from doing my interview podcast. I handed that over to Jeanette and her husband. Um, they did a couple seasons of that, and I focused on you know growing the Wicked Library and Victoria's Lift, and kind of wearing all the the, the hats behind the scenes. For I mean, you guys do a show, so you know how much mm-hmm. you know. I, I, I occasionally I see people like, oh, podcasts are just easy. It's like it's a, a it's magic. You just put it together and out it goes. And I just get frustrated every time I see that because you know. There's so much work that goes on behind the scenes from, you know, ho- finding hosting to building your website to, uh, you know, editing the audio and mixing and getting it to sound the way that you want to do. want it to sound and, you know, matching that up with art you know, it's all the stuff that, you know, that goes into it and, and probably a lot of your listeners do, too. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, Jeanette started to become very involved in doing artwork for the show and for the anthologies and the side projects that we were working on. Um, And, you know, just recently Jeanette has become our creative director. So um, she handles kind of going forward, the look and feel of the show from a visual aspect um, as well as handling a lot of the social media and and, and that type of thing for helping us grow the shows.
0: Yeah. She's a, she's a very hard worker and, you know, she is incredibly talented as you know, anyone who has followed this show knows because she did Mm -hmm. our, our logo she did uh our prior logo she you know did tons of artwork like you know just for you know like the horror made stuff that she did like everybody's just
2: sweet name. right i mean she's just like oh, such so a nice not. person yes um,
1: like she's you know she she loves what she does but you know she's and she's such a professional but you know when it comes down to it, she's just such a fucking delightful person. Mm -hmm. I cannot get enough of her. She's one of my favorite people. I'm totally bugged cause you know, we're both so incredibly busy doing our own things and stuff. So I love when our paths cross, usually at conventions and you know, the past, year of not having conventions and stuff and not being able to see people, you know, like Jeanette has been, you know, it just
0: sucks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It
1: just really sucks. But
0: Jeanette and Alex are both, you know, very good friends of ours. And, uh, you know, it, it sucks not being able to see, see those folks.
1: So, you know, when she, uh, recommended like hey i know this person that would be great for your show you know you talk about characters he develops characters and um you know and he's also just a really awesome person we're like yeah you know do the introduction set us up because i mean i absolutely 100 percent take her word for you know anyone she vouches for
0: yeah it it took a couple of weeks because we went back and forth a lot with you know like it's like oh, I got to get to this email. I got to get to this email. I got to get to this. Email. <laughs> but you know, as you know, we we talked about off air. Like we're both very busy. Like this is one of in a given week, I will do between four and seven shows. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't produce all of them. I produce four, four of them, three. Of them. And, and
1: we're in talks of doing more and yeah. other stuff like. And you have the you video know, aspect to it. I'm sure you can <clears throat> relate. Uh, what is sleep? Yeah. Well, what is
2: sleep <laughs> it's like tattoos right i mean once you get one you want more it, it, yeah. it's, it's the same thing with the with the podcast it's like this is so much work well let's do another one um yeah, do like i have more. this
1: idea <laughs>
2: <Right>. and <laughs> i'm like, gonna write it, it, it and i'm and going to do the voice acting the yeah yeah <laughs> yeah oh
0: speaking of that's you know by the time this episode drops you will have uh gotten i will have uh Done my first two episodes as Will Mouse, the Darkling, uh, the puppet on uh, the other side of midnight, which will be streaming later this year.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. You get to be a puppet. That is so yeah,
0: cool. a little, uh, right? little fuzzy.
1: I'm like fuck anything else you've done in your life, like <laughs> leading up to this point.
2: You get to be a puppet.
0: My sister in law describes him as a mix of Oscar the Grouch and Alf
2: yeah that's uh, and and what is that i mean i don't know where that comes from in in myself but anytime like i i I love puppets and and yes i think it comes from like the muppet show i grew up with the Muppet show right Mm -hmm. so i mean like that's probably the and and sesame street of course um yeah i just i mean that's just awesome puppet
0: yeah i'm very excited like it'll be streaming on pivot later this year nice so you have uh your 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 website you've got uh, the wicked you've got ninthstory.com, and you guys have like a lot of different things like you were talking about earlier now i was listening to uh victoria's lift earlier uh yeah. for which you do the dramatic readings and, and
2: I, i've done a quite a few of them um we, we did actually later in the seasons we we started to use other voice actors as i just had a lot of stuff on my plate yeah um so, I mean, like we've used Graham Rowett and a um, uh, ton of my, 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 my friend Cindy, who cre- created the show with me, did, I guess, half of the shows. I mean, um, because whenever we had a female driven, at least in the first couple of seasons, when we had a female driven plot. Uh, She would do the narration if it was a male driven plot. I would do the narration. Of course, we have our girl from Victoria or girl from uh, girl from Australia who plays Victoria for us, Amber Collins, and she always voices Victoria regardless of who's doing the reading. But yeah,
0: she definitely does. There's definitely the uh, creepy haunted doll quality of her voice. (laughs) Like, yeah, when you hear her speak. You see like, you know, like the children with the black eyes, but like hers are green and she's just holding her music box. Just yeah. You know, children of the damned or village of the damned <laughs> type uh, type look. So tell us a little bit about Victoria, like where she came from, how you created her, what her her backstory might be.
2: Victoria kind of spooky. Uh, she, I mean, she came kind of from the ether and, and I, I, I still feel that she existed there waiting to be found and. Um, when I was doing Ninth Story, I wanted something a little fun, a little creepy, and, and uh, Victoria was kind of the voice of our mascot. So she started just kind of as this voice with her music box, and you know she would do the intro to the show and kind of welcome you into the universe and the world. And um, after a couple seasons in, I think it was my friend Craig said, "Well, what's Victoria do with the rest of the time that she's not here? And and what's on the rest of the nine stories of this building?" Um, and it's it was it was good timing because i had been thinking about it kind of expanding her role anyway um so we kind of started to explore what the building was and each of the nine stories kind of represents a different vice or fear um and her elevator kind of allows her to move between these floors between these worlds and realities and the rooms within the building the the floors within the building kind of transform based upon what the person visiting the building is bringing with them um, and the show kind of consists of two different story types. So we have kind of our core stories, which are the stories that explore Victoria and her family and her past, how the building works. Um, and then we have the the normal visitor stories, which is somebody coming to the building, learning something and making a choice and, and hopefully making the right choice. If they make the wrong choice, they end up staying in the building. The very worst of them end up in the basement, uh, which is kind of a, a no escape um, scenario whenever they're, they're put down in the basement um, but whenever we released the anthology, uh, I guess it's been almost two years now um, we did explore kind of and finally revealed to the audience this is what floor one means, this is what floor two means, well floor one is just e- e- egress and entrance, uh, but two, three four, five, six, seven, eight nine, the basement, those nine stories that actually have some power what is actually behind those um, which was Kind of fun. And, um, you know, we get a lot of really good reviews from folks that um, some of them are are quite stunning to me, you know, where we get reviews from people saying that this story helped them deal with the loss of a child or, or, you know, this one helped them talk to their therapist about things that happened to them in the past. So there seems to be kind of this undercurrent to Victoria and her universe and all the writers that have written episodes have kind of picked up on it that. You know, she's an engine of change and compassion. But at the same time, you know, she is firm in forcing people to face things that they need to face and things that happened in their past or the choices that they made in their past can still be fixed. Uh, So that's kind of the message of hope is, you know, this is all the stuff that I bring with me. This is the situation I need to overcome. And, And on the other side of it. Uh, through that fear and and darkness on the other side of it is change and and bright light. Um, so that's kind of who she is and who the show has become. Um, it's something that, you know, we've had kind of a spotty schedule with with uh, 2020 being crazy and health issues that I've had. But um, it's definitely something that means a lot to me and means a lot to the the listeners. So it's something that uh, we've made some changes and, and we're definitely going to have a, a really fun uh, a new season that i'm excited to kind of get into
0: yeah you can definitely tell it it's kind of like a, a hellraiser meets the dark tower meets the twilight zone type of vibe yeah you know meets you know dante's inferno like there's <clears throat> there's so much going on and like you can definitely tell that you've got a lot of different uh literary influences yeah
1: so- is there anything that you do specifically to prepare for writing these characters? Like, you know, is there anything that you do to kind of get yourself into a certain headspace to kind of bring you to where you want to be, you know, to to really, you know, go in depth and write these characters?
2: Um, I'm sure every I mean, because we do have a lot of authors that contribute to the show, but for me, like when I was developing the character and whenever I write the episodes that I was right that I write. Um, which has become a lot more, thankfully. Um, I've always, I always loved to play in Victoria's world. And, and it's, it's as you guys know from running a show, whenever you have so much on your plate, the things that mean the most to you sometimes become the things that you don't delve into. So there's a lot of audio mixing and editing and everything that goes into it and getting back into actually living and breathing the characters and writing them is, is a lot of fun. So for me, whenever I'm trying to get into that headspace, um, I think that it's it's putting myself into my own childhood and thinking about you know fairy tales and folk tales that I used to read and that I was told um, to get in the right mood. I think music for me is a big thing. Um, I listen to um, a lot of Evanescence whenever I'm writing the the lift. Um, I don't it know does. why that works, but it does. Uh, I, you know, I
1: can that it, it, that makes a lot of sense. I can see that.
0: I, I can see like Amy Lee having like a uh, like, Vic- I mean, like. Victoria they're, they're- could be like her her daughter, or like this is my best friend who drowned kind- in a well as when we were <laughs> when we were six. Yeah, there's and like a she hasn't left me since, and she helped me write my songs. Yeah. There's an
1: otherworldly, like etherealness to her vocals that mm-hmm. I think you know. Yeah, I, I, I in can her see that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's what works for me. I mean, I, m- the most recent th- and first ever three part ep- uh, series that we did uh, actually came whenever I was in Germany and um, um, reading about the Pied Piper and, and you know, the Piper of Von Hamlin and, and kind of who he was and that there was actually a real life Piper and uh, some of the theories about the things that he had done. And, and the like Christian um, St. Peter's or something like that. Well, supposedly he was, I mean, there's, there's some theories that, you know, he was a child abductor. I mean, obviously the story itself has, yeah. you know, him abducting an, an entire ch- uh, town of children. Um, and whenever we were world building for the lift, the, the the maker who made Victoria's music box uh, back in antediluvian times also created other things. And one of the things that, that I had written down was a flute. Um, so whenever I was over there kind of connected for me, you know, that's, Here's here's a, a, a character from folklore and, and, and fairy tale that uh, has a really dark past and a lot of dark influences and he happens to play a flute and you know there's a, a magical flute that was actually built by the same person that built Victoria's music box let's put the two of them up head to head against each other and see what they do. Um, and, and one of the things that I really wanted to do for a long time since kind of the beginning of the series and, and it's I think it took three to four seasons to get to that point. Like what would happen to Victoria if we take her music box away from her? Uh, what would happen? Because it's always fun when you take a character that has a uh, an object of power and you take that object of power away from them and see who they really are. And do they. Oh, really- his hammer. Exactly. Yeah. Mjolnir, whenever they took, you know, uh, whenever it was destroyed and he had to kind of go through that loss of losing not only his father, but the the hammer and everything else at the same time. But yeah. So I, I finally got to do that. I got to take her music box away from her for uh, and put her in a very dark situation and kind of see how she overcame it. So that was um, fun um, and emotionally straining. It was actually a lot more emotionally draining than I thought it was going to be. Um, we, I think we all know we get very connect, very connected to our characters. Um, more so the ones that I think we create, but also to other great characters that exist out there. And when you put them in mortal danger and pain and abuse them, it it, it hurts. And um, it was right around the time I was writing that story, finally getting into finishing it, that... Um, I had a pancreatitis, I had appendicitis, I had a secondary infection. Just all this chaos happened. <clears throat> and I'm like, man, Victoria's not happy with me. I, I was going to say, I've,
0: Victoria's I've, revenge right there.
2: Yeah, she's she's not real happy with the situation I've put her in. And Give me
0: back my music box. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I mean, I actually had to outline the end of the story and write the last couple pages of it, which I never do. But I'm like, I just want to let her know that she's going to be okay in the end, right? So yeah, And then yes. and then magically everything got better. So it's weird how that happens. Yeah. The, <laughs> the third part, the last part, I was actually going back into the hospital. I knew that something wasn't quite right. And I'm like, no, I'm finishing her story. And I'm getting it posted out there today because I have to finish it. So I, I'm sitting here. I probably should have gone to the hospital like two or three hours prior to that. But I'm like, no, it's getting posted today. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it that makes sense. You know, we it, the characters, you know, sort of create, I mean, that right there could be, you know, an episode of the of the, yeah. <laughs> the thing, you know?
2: Oh, it's definitely inspired some story thinking in my life. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh yeah. So what made you wanna do this podcast, this this audio drama series? Like what was it that you're like, man, I don't have a lot of stress in my life. What could I do to increase that?
2: Um, I just, you know, I wrote the, I wrote the pilot episode of the lift, which is, I guess, kind of what I would call a, a core episode. It's not part of the feed. It's on the website if anybody's interested. Um, but it's not part of the main feed because it was kind of before I started to work with Amber, um, it's, it's before the show kind of became what it is. Um, so while I think it's a good representation of where my thinking was and what Victoria's origin is. I didn't want it to remain a part of the feed. It was for a long time, but it's so different from the actual show itself. It kind of exists outside of that. But I had a lot of fun writing that and I found it to be kind of therapeutic in a way. Um, and we had so many great authors that we had worked with my first season working on the Wicked Library. Um when I, I took the Wicked Library over from my friend Nelson Piles, who did the first five seasons and actually created the show. So when I took that over for season six, it was kind of my first foray into like narration and storytelling and all the stuff that had always fascinated me that, you know, my my prior podcast, I think, was kind of a boot camp for it was understanding how all that stuff worked and, and went together. And I got to talk to. A lot of very interesting storytellers, a lot of very interesting people that were a lot smarter than me, and kind of draw on their experience and um, using the first season of the Wicked Library to kind of get into the mode of here's how you tell a story, here's how you edit, here's how you put together audio, here's how you make a soundscape. Um, I I took a lot of the worked with a lot of those authors to 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 write the first season of the lift and um it, that's what it was called at the time the lift we recently changed it to Victorious lift because it's easier to find and tune in in other places that way um and it's consistent with the brand and the website the lift was already taken by other people so um at any rate uh the reason why i wanted to do it and the reason why i stuck with it is it just became this really great way of telling the story and i was just so excited by what all the other authors did with Victoria. I mean, I gave them the basic framework of here's the world. Here's the rules. Here's what Victoria is. Here's what she does. Here's what each floor represents. Go ahead and tell your story. Um, And I think we were incredibly lucky with the, the authors that we chose because each, each author brought a little bit of themselves into the role. And it took this character that if I had written her just by myself, I think she would have been an interesting character, but they added so many other layers. It made her seem almost more real. Um, and then once the audience started to connect with it, and once I started to get reviews in and saw how this in, impacted people in a way that I really wasn't anticipating or expecting, it just kind of gave me this feeling like I almost have an obligation to continue to create her world uh, because she's come to mean so much to these folks.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the, the sign of uh, quality is, you know, like, oh, well, I can do this. You know, and you know I can bring this character along, but you know, bringing in somebody else to kind of you know also help you tell this story, uh, it could be disastrous. But at the same time, you know, I was uh, harken back to when I I did one of my first podcasts, and I was like, man, I really feel like I'm out of my league because you know we have a movie producer and we have like all these other folks who have you know hundreds and hundreds of episodes under their belt. And I think I was on my second or third show and. I'm like, man, like I'm, you know, I'm out of my league. And uh, my buddy uh, uh, El Goro from Talk Without Rhythm said, you know, there's a million people that do what we do, but nobody else has your voice. And I think, you know, taking these characters that you created, you're going to, you know, because of your life experiences and your, you know, mindset, and your specific psychology, you're going to take these characters in a specific uh, path. But if someone else were to take these characters, you know, and again, we've seen what happens when, you know, look at the the prequel trilogy of Star Wars. You know, when someone else takes the characters that someone has created and tries to tell the story, you know, or even, you know, uh, to a a different extent, James Bond, you know, like there's a million James Bond stories and they're all being told by different people They're not all being told by Ian Fleming. Right. So.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, we're, as regular human being beings, we're complex, we're nuanced. We're, there's a lot of things that um, we do or, or a lot of character traits that we have that we're probably not even aware of that other people see. Um, and by getting so many different authors with so many different experiences, it just made her seem like this richer, more alive character than I think she could have been if if she was just mine. I agree.
1: So how different is it writing for an audio drama than writing stories for you know a a book or a short story or you know something like that
2: it's a great question um and one i'm I'm actually i became very conscious of um so i mean i come to this as a traditional prose writer and that's actually how the first season of the show and this probably the second season of the show to a large extent the third season of the show went um but i noticed that as i started to because i was the one doing all the audio editing and all the mixing and and you know eventually getting to the point where i was hiring other voice actors to play other characters so it wasn't just my voice in victoria's or cindy's in victoria's that it was actually a cast of characters um I think that I started to understand that you write for audio differently than you do for for prose, where in prose writing a lot of the, the voices are coming from your own head. Right. So you don't hear anybody else's voice. You don't have anything. It's basically you're creating the the soundscape yourself um, and in some ways. I think that adds a lot of immersion because your idea of a barn when when I say the word barn and you picture it in your head looks probably completely different than the word barn to me, like the barn that I picture. You know, is a red barn and I can see the hay on the inside and the lights coming through the slats and the darkness and smell the must. And to you, it may be a different experience. So whenever I use words like that, that have some uh, history for the the reader or the listener, um, they're doing some of the heavy lifting for us. So it, it makes it adds to the immersion. Um, audio is a little different because at least one of those elements is coming from is different. So you're not reading it, you're hearing something. So the voices have to kind of be um, what the author intended, or or at least what the producer of the show intends. Um, and I think that your sentence structure is a little bit different. So what works in writing sometimes sounds clunky when you say it out loud. Mm. Um, so my writing style changed quite a bit um, whenever I, I started to realize that I'm primarily writing this for people to, to hear it, uh, for people to get their mouth around and to say, and, um, you know, Star Wars, as an example, you know, uh, George writes some great dialogue, but he also writes some very uh, challenging dialogue that, that comes across kind of uh, cheesy and campy. And I think that's part of what we love. And he leans into it. And, you know, I, I re- recently saw an interview with Lucas where he said, you know, he doesn't really consider dialogue dialogue he considers it part of the soundscape it's sound effects to him which actually makes things make a lot more sense once you realize that that's where he's going with it um but it's also very quotable and i mean there's some great lines in star wars we all love so i don't want to disparage it um but there is a huge difference and you know hamill has had interviews too where he's like here's the line that i used whenever i was auditioning for luke skywalker and it's like one of the most awkward unwieldy sentences you could ever imagine so so yeah i mean i think that what's happened is over time i've started to realize that i'm writing for sound um and the sentence structure and the words and things are a little bit different um and i've also moved and gravitated more towards script writing than prose writing so all of victoria's stories originally were all written in prose and i think that midway through season four i started to gravitate more to the script format um selfishly because i was doing all the audio editing and it made that job a lot easier Mm. um But it also, I think, made it a lot easier for the voice actors because they don't have to dig through a bunch of meaty prose to find the words in there that they're going to say. And and we've eliminated a lot of the he said, she said type of stuff. Some stories still have narrators. Most of them actually still do. Um, But a lot of times I would find when I was editing the prose versions for audio, I could drop things like she, she said with a smile because the voice actor already put that into their work. So it then becomes less interruptive. I mean, I don't want a narrator there just to say he said she said she said with a smile. She asked Um, the narrator has to do a little more lifting than that. Otherwise, I think it's interruptive. Um, I I like the the flow of back and forth dialogue between two characters because I find it to be more immersive. So I found that I was a lot of times eliminating those dialogue tags. um, So that changed the way that I I wrote. the stories uh for for people to listen to Does that answer the question i think i did a lot of rambling there but
0: no it makes a, it makes a lot of sense because you know if you have a, a quality voice actor we actually uh got the chance to interview larry Kenny recently who was the okay. voice of O and you know nice. the the, the coco puffs bird and you right. know, a million other you know he's still doing voice acting now he's he's the uh the guy at the end of all the Skittles commercials, you know, the feel the rainbow, taste the rainbow, like he's nice. still doing that, like that's lion you know, and if you're able to put into, uh, you know, because again, this is all audio, if you're able to put into your voice, you know, a smile or a frown or a facial expression, mm-hmm. you know, like you're saying, like that eliminates the the uh, the need to add in like he said with a smile or she said feeling sad like you can project that through your 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 uh, your dialogue like your what you're saying how you're saying it like if you hear someone and you're hearing them speak to you over the phone and you're like oh you know like the first thing that comes to your mind is like oh what's the matter are you okay you know you you know the person on the other end of the phone is isn't like oh well you know, my cat had to go to the vet because he's sick. I said with a frown. Right. Like- <laughs>
1: well, and I'm sure, you know, working with some of the same voice actors over and over again, like the lovely Amber who does the voice of Victoria, you kind of uh, trust her to take what you're, what you've written and put, the appropriate spin on it. Like I'm sure she probably doesn't need as much direction as maybe she did in the beginning. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean you hide that stuff in the script, right? So I mean it's it's you you put um, you know, very angry at the top, you know, so that she kind of knows that th- that's what's intended here. Or, you know, I can put stuff like, you know, she sounds like this or she's eating throughout the scene. So, you know, you're gonna hear you know, that, so you don't have to you don't have to put you don't have to waste words putting that in like whenever you're doing it for um, prose version, something that somebody's going to sit down and read the book sentence structure where you have the he saids and things like that, interrupting sentences or, you know, writing a sentence without that things, you know, it's stuff that makes it more interesting and fun to read. Um, and you don't really need all that with the uh, with the, the prose or with the script version uh, when you're writing for audio. Plus, as you kind of. I think are are alluding to, you start to realize what the capabilities of your voice actors are. So it's not only who is this character that I'm writing, but who's going to be playing this character that I'm writing. And I've found myself at times writing parts for specific voice actors just because I know what their capability is as a storyteller. And I know what they're going to be able to do with my words. Um, so, so that definitely helps. It's why you see a lot of times in movies. I never understood growing up, but like, why does the same director always work with the same actors? And it makes sense, right? Because you know what they're capable of, you know what they're going to bring that to that role. And sometimes you're writing that role for that character, for that person, because you know what they're capable of giving you.
0: Yeah. You see that, you know, David O. Russell, Nolan, Tarantino, like Scorsese, like the, those are the first few names that just jump right. Ryan Murphy.
1: Right. <laughs> David
2: Lynch.
0: Yep, yeah. David Lynch. Yeah. Um, so what would be, uh a typical timeline for an episode, like how long from all right, I finished writing it, you know, not not the writing process, but everything after that because that could be so varied <laughs> like, okay I'm done exactly. writing you know, soup to nuts. how long does it does it typically take?
2: yeah, it's an interesting question because it, I think a lot of it depends too on whether <clears throat> are we telling a first person story or are we telling a, um a story in third person where we're going to have? A narrator that has to kind of do a lot of the heavy lifting um not heavy lifting but a lot of the the tying things together the welding of, of things you know you have all these disparate elements that have to kind of be brought together by a narrator um i mean it's it, it it definitely depends on how many characters we have in the story uh because that's how many voice actors i have to hire and unlike some audio productions where they and especially now during COVID, right where you don't sit in the same room and read dialogue together everybody's kind of recording it from all over the place. So I mean, I have a composer that's in England, I have my my voice actress in Australia, I have voice actors all over the United States and over the UK. Um, I guess uh, my typical process, I think the question was how long does it take? Um, it could take anywhere from two to three weeks. Um, or it could take as long as a month. Um, I, when we first did When we started in the the Wicked Library for um, for season 10, uh, we made I made the decision to to go with first person stories throughout the season. So I wanted to kind of enhance the immersion, but I also wanted to cut down on the amount of audio editing that I was doing. So um, there were a couple of times that we broke the rules a little bit based upon what the author wrote. Uh, But for the most part, it's it was a first person story. So that was pretty simple. Um, And I also got a lot of that done up front. So we had like piles of stories sitting there that we were then just assigning out to voice actors. And as they would send things in, that would kind of determine which episode was going to be done next. But once I have all the audio in from the voice actors, which usually is about a week, I'd say, you know, here's your story. I'd like it by I usually give them at least a week uh, to get it back to me. Um, once I get those in and I sit down and I start editing for every hour of finished audio, um, it's probably a good six to eight hours investment in time to actually mix that together, which could be, you know, two hours today, three hours tomorrow, um, Saturday and Sunday, I do sometimes tend to go 10 or 11 hours of audio editing. Um, but the more complex it is like with the private collector and the, and Victoria's lift where, There's not only the dialogue, but or what I call my vocal track that then gets sent to my composer. Once I get it back from the composer, then I go through and I'll lay down sound effects Um, and I've started to become a little more selective of what effects are. They have to kind of be a character in the story. A character could be a telephone ringing or a door opening. Certainly Victoria's music box, Victoria's lift itself. um, They're all characters. So those those get edited in at the end. That doesn't take quite as long. Um, that's usually me listening to what Nico has done, who's my composer, along with the vocal track. And I try to lean on his his music more than the dial, more than the sound effects. So there are times when he does things like he does all of Victoria's Music Box because it's he 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 writes that character as a character for me in his music. Um, the last time the the three part story that we just finished uh, with the Piper You know, there was stuff in the script that said, here's the kind of tune that the Piper plays with his flute and Nico would write all that stuff. So um, there are times whenever I prefer to go with the the listener's interpretation of what the sound is, uh, than actually adding it as a sound effect. But um, that part is pretty quick. So I'd say from start to finish, all told from getting the, the stuff out to the voice actors, getting it back, mixing it getting the music back from Nico, laying that down along with the vocal track and then adding in the sound effects and then mastering it down, adjusting anything that I need to adjust is probably at least two weeks.
0: That makes, Um, yeah, I was going to say that makes a lot of sense where you have mm -hmm. like tons of stuff uh, that you're putting into this, you know, you know, the composer and the the voice actors, I was going to follow it up, but you kind of answered the question, like how much has, you know, the pandemic kind of impacted, the way you do stuff. And it's not like, you know, you guys sit around once a week and y'all get together in like one location and, and like bang out a script. Uh, so this is something that you've already been, you know, kind of dealing with or working with.
2: Yeah, we were kind of pandemic proof um, by design, uh, not not necessarily on purpose, but I mean, the way that we built the workflow, um, the pandemic really has had no impact other than some voice actors, you know, they have kids at home and stuff like that. So they have to meter out when they actually have time to do it um, but for the most part it's it's the impact has been pretty much nil uh, at least in terms like I said of of getting the voice actors work in um, we do you know kind of have at least for the wicked library um, a fair amount of calls with the, the folks that are involved in making the show um, you know because we're those are all stories that are not necessarily custom written well they're custom written since season 10 but Um, they're not following any specific formula, you know, so we, we do things like talk about the contracts and talk about, uh, how many episodes we're going to do in the season, what specials we want to do that year, things like that.
1: Now, going back to some of the characters, have you ever taken out your frustrations caused by real life people on some of these characters and the fates of these characters in your, in your media?
2: Absolutely. Um, we spent, I spent a lot of time. It's something Cindy who co-created lift with me, Victoria's lift with me talked about. Um, I think that we were very cautious or at least I was about not letting any sort of politics bleed into the show. Cause I know that can be to a certain extent frustrating for people. You know, they tune in for entertainment. They don't necessarily want to be hit over the head with political views, but at the same time, I think that if you're an artist, and you're true to yourself, part of what you're doing is you're holding up a mirror to society. And you're saying, you're not all aware of this, but this is what you look like. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. that's our job. I I mean, I really do. I think that's a responsibility we have. And my political views may not line up with other people's political views. But I have to speak my conscience, not necessarily based on politics, because really, in my opinion, everything is politics, like all our decisions are political. but I I can't abide nastiness and I can't abide unkindness. And I spent a lot of time biting my tongue, uh, during the prior administration and not saying anything through the show. Um, but I did write a story for, um, the anthology called buying America and we can probably guess what that's about. Mm -hmm. Um, I really wanted to, I really, I was very angry at the time and very frustrated, um, by just the behavior of a particular individual Um, and Victor I my intent in writing it was to kind of vent some of my frustration through Victoria and let her uh, punish this person for being the way that they were and maybe try to teach them a lesson. And in writing the story, I was quite shocked that she was so kind to this person, much kinder than I would have been. Um, and it was apparent that she actually cared about, you know, trying to save him and make things better. Uh, and, and at the end, just being super frustrated that he wouldn't change um, despite her best efforts. And I, I was kind of shocked by that. But I guess I was kind of also pleased by that because I'm like, as I've, I said earlier, you know, she's kind of the better part of me. Um, she's what I would aspire to be, but n- not necessarily I'm able to be. Um, and the the three-part series that we wrote recently, or that I wrote recently, and um, with a lot of help from my friend Cindy who did my editing for me, uh, there, there's definitely a theme there of um, what somebody with, with power can do whenever they wield it um, without regard for how it's going to impact people, um, The the narcissism of having so much power and not having a conscience when you wield it uh, was a big part of that. And, you know, there's, there's a big part, there's a central theme to there where the piper is capturing children and keeping them in cages to uh, use to keep himself immortal. Um, So my frustration at children being put in cages comes out there as well. But I mean, I think that that's part of who we are, right? When we when we're creating a a, a story and, and letting our characters play in a world that we're creating, our own frustrations, whether they be political or personal or or otherwise, kind of comes through. And that's I think why writing is so therapeutic. And I think it's you know a lot of the old episodes of the Twilight Zone and and the original Star Trek, and even Next Generation and beyond, um, had a lot of a lot to say about um, fascism and uh, intolerance and racism. So, I mean, if you look at those stories, there's a lot that's buried in there that is, um, very much driven by the, the, the challenges of the times that they lived in and and the challenges that unfortunately we continue to struggle with as people.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, you're, you're hitting the nail right on the head there. You know, when you have frustrations in your life and, and, you know, the, you try to, kind of put that into your writing and you know the first thing that comes to my mind is uh george R. R. martin is a huge huge giants fan and there is a, you know there's a, a story i believe it's within within like the game of thrones lore where there was this uh you know this band of patriots who had never lost a battle and they were led by this general named bill check and they had never, never lost a battle, and they just were so arrogant until they came up against a group of giants, and the giants just utterly decimated them. And it's like, oh, gee, I wonder if that has anything to do with the 2007 Super Bowl. <laughs> like, it's great. Like his character. I don't know how closely you follow uh, Game of Thrones, but uh, I,
2: I can tell you, I'm a big fan of the the Thanos debate over fewer and less. Yes, um, which which apparently was something that must have really bothered Martin.
0: yeah, Stannis is is my book Stannis is my favorite character, but uh the uh, the name one one, he's named after Phil Sims who wore number eleven
2: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Yeah, like it's stuff like like there's a guy that gets killed, like just absolutely destroyed by one one in the book right before John gets stabbed and what he's wearing uh they're like oh yeah it's you know it's this you know grayish cloak with like silver around the end with a big blue star on it and it's like yeah he's wearing cowboys gear and (laughs) the giant (laughs) smashes him like it's so subtle like because you're not thinking about because he describes everybody's like you know their sigils and whatnot like that's the type of stuff that's like so cool to me, where it's like, yeah, maybe there's some frustrations there, you know, like, no, the giant kills the eagle, you know, like,
2: yeah, it's that's awesome.
0: It's great. Imagine writing like this entire fantasy epic just to talk shit about the Patriots. <laughs> that's awesome. that's um, awesome. but yeah, it, I love being able to kind of vent frustrations and, you know, like, there was a story that i recently wrote about you know these these like super obnoxious entitled like you know typical like blonde white girls that are just like i'm going to get everything my way and i'm going to do it, and i'm going to treat people like shit, and then like they all get picked off one by one by like this monstrous alien and like oh it's it's very cathartic
2: yeah it can be you know and and that's the thing like i mean i we did actually and and we were prepared for it. I told Cindy going in, I'm like, you know, whenever we put this out there, that that people are gonna we're gonna get negative reviews. Um, and and sure enough, we did. I mean, we had people that are just like, you know, sadly political. You know, they had problem with one episode. These are people that loved the show and rated it four or five stars previously, uh, but based on that one episode, went back and edited their their review or decided to do a review for the first time and give the show one or two stars based upon one episode that didn't fit into their mindset. Um, and I'm fine with that. I mean, I really am. Um, I, those are people that I probably don't want listening to my show anyway. I'm not making entertainment for for people that um, are are that uh, delicate about about things. Just based, on, I mean, and we we have so, you know so a couple of Patreon supporters that wrote and said, you know, the politics doesn't quite match, but the story's great. You know, so I'm like, that's fine. You know, it's like I, that's who, kind of who I'm writing it for is like people that might be on the edge of like, maybe it makes me think a little bit, but you know,
1: there are, there are times when a negative review means that you are doing something right.
2: Yes. Right. I mean, I, I I had a hard time with negative reviews in in the beginning. Um, but I mean, and and I, I'm not inviting people to write negative reviews. (laughs) Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I feel that I've eliminated that I'm not writing the show for that person that that strongly disagrees with, the way that the show is written or the way that the show is built. Um, you know, we, we had a recent re- review where someone said, I don't think that I've gotten enough information to care about Victoria or this building where weird things happen. And I'm like, well, there's 67 episodes out there. If you don't know who she is by the time you got to episode 67. Yeah. Um, then it's not my fault. It's yours. Um, but you know, I, I care mm-hmm. more about the people that, that it actually means something to than the people who are just like, well, it's not my cup of tea. Well, that's fine. I'm not writing it for you. I've eliminated one of the people from my audience who doesn't need to listen to the show. Um, I'll yeah. move forward and continue to make it for the people that actually want it. That's See, what you have to focus on.
0: Right. And you know, like I, I got a, a one-star review on my book and the, the big thing for me was they didn't leave a review. Like, why didn't you like this? What was it? Was it something that I did wrong, you know, like structurally? Like, was it something, you know, or was it just, I didn't like these stories because I prefer, you know, sunshine and kittens. It's like, well, you probably shouldn't have picked up how much do you tip an exorcist?
2: Right.
1: Right. And I told him, I'm like, who cares, this one star? They still bought your book. You're still getting the commission. So, you know, like, I, I, who... If if you're not
0: going to... Right, but if it can help me get better, well, like that's say, when I want to hear If you're going to provide reviews.
1: constructive criticism, that's one thing. But if you're just going to, you know, either leave one star and leave your comment blank or you know leave criticism that's not constructive like i just didn't like it uh, okay you, have you know a like that's face. that's nothing like, against me you just don't have taste right, you know right. like um you can't you can't please everyone but you know uh, personally i think negative reviews are great like i said because usually it means you're doing something right
0: but again we don't want to just get negative reviews oh no no no
1: no no no. no 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 but i mean you They're know good
0: learning experience but right. i'm the same way about if you get a five-star review like oh i'll just give you five stars it's like yeah but why like why are you right. giving me five stars uh, wait,
2: wait, what, what can i continue to do that i've done well yeah i mean right. i agree i i don't have a problem with with negative reviews I mean, okay so first of all if someone's just said well this isn't for me well then maybe just don't really leave a review you know go on about your way and do what you want to do but if you have some constructive criticism like, i'm trying to think of One on the Wicked Library. At one point, we used to do the the episode, and then we would have an author interview at the end, which a lot of people really enjoyed. Um, We'll probably get back to doing them again in some form. But there were people that were like, "Well, I don't like the interview at the end." Okay, well then skip it.
0: Yes, keep listening.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I did at one point whenever we, and it just it's it's a lot of work, as you know, interviewing people is requires Mm -hmm. research and a lot of notes and everything else. So. Um, When you're doing that on top of doing, you know, four audio dramas, it it, it gets to be a lot. So I stepped away from it for a while. Um, But one of the one of the pieces of someone was like, well, why can't you just break it out into its own episode? That was actually constructive. So I did. I, I broke it out into the same feed. But instead of, you know, calling it the Wicked Library, I would call it Talking Wicked. So it was like if somebody wants to skip those specific episodes, they can. They don't have to consume them. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're just going to throw a review out there to be nasty, just because you didn't agree with the politics or you don't like that character or you didn't like that specific episode, I think that's what I struggle with. You know, it's, and I guess it's a little bit different than a book. Um, uh, like, if you, if you have a collection of short stories and you don't like one short story, well, I don't think you should rate it one star, um, right. you know, maybe take a star off and, and, you know, call it a four star review if you really liked it or a three star review or whatever it is. But it's the same thing with, with, you know, a podcast, obviously, if you're rating it one star because you don't like one episode of the show, I think you're doing a disservice to the audience and to the creators of the show. But that's just me
0: no I, I agree with you there you know it, and you know your your other your uh review you were just talking about kind of reminds me it's like well the movie was great but i didn't want to sit through all those credits at the end one scar, like so le- like <laughs> so get up and go turn off the vcr you don't have to watch the credits
2: yeah. And there's a 30 second skip button on your, on your podcast player too. So just skip ahead 30 seconds if you want to, or a minute or whatever you have it set to.
0: Yeah. If you don't want to, if you don't want to listen to the interview at the end, don't like,
2: right, exactly.
0: Yeah. I, 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 will say, you know, cause we're, uh, we're running a pretty long time so far. We're over an hour. Um, uh, but it doesn't seem like an hour.
2: No. <laughs> uh, Put a, put a bunch of story geeks into a room together and see how long they talk with each other. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> no, put a bunch of... Yeah, in the same vein, put a bunch of podcasters yeah. in the same room and uh, see how long they talk for.
0: Well, see, I've been working from home for the past year-ish, uh, and I haven't, like, interacted with my coworkers at all. So, like, anytime I talk to anyone, I'm just, like, rambling. It's like, ah, humans! <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, but, no, it's... it's um. Listening to the the episode, like the first episode I listened to was the first episode, mm-hmm. you know, with Jefferson in in the in the basement.
2: Ah, the Nelson Pyle story. Yeah, he did a great job with that.
0: Yeah, like it was great. It was well written, well done. Like the sound effects, the music, all that stuff was great. And you know, normally, you know, like if I were to go back and listen to episode one of this show, "Let Them Fight," where we covered Whoa. Godzilla, oh, Whoa. it's not good. It's not good. We've gotten so much better over the past 240 episodes.
2: Yeah. I think we all feel that way. We evolve as artists as we go. I mean, I still love all my kids. That's what all those episodes are. Um, But, you know, we've grown, they've grown up over time and, um, you know, we get better at our craft and better at what we do. And the the cool thing about you know having such a, a large library is people get to go back to that beginning and kind of follow the the arc and actually kind of grow with the show. Listening to it backwards, I wouldn't recommend that. would that no, would don't do that, high. So, yeah, no. but, but but hearing the evolution of it over time is a good thing. I don't think there's anything in there that I'm embarrassed by or anything in there that I'm like, oh, I wish we wouldn't have done that. Up, well, maybe there's one. Um, which will remain nameless because that's not nice to the author. There's, there's one episode in there that I, I wasn't a hundred percent comfortable with, but it wasn't bad. I mean, it's not like it's, it, there's anything bad in there. It's just like, I think that the quality of the other episodes around it are, are better, but you know, that's part of everything, anything that we do, like I said, you know, it's, we're going to get better over time and better at putting things together and figuring out how something should sound and all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah. I think that, uh, you know having having that uh, ability to go back and kind of hear how you used to sound compared to how you sounded now like for that first episode i had like two full pages of notes like i had this nice notebook and i did two full pages of notes now for half of these shows i just i'll write down like a couple of words that will jar a sentence (laughs) and it's just like oh yeah i gotta make sure i cover this like we did a couple of shows we did a Back-to-back Kermit and Miss Piggy, like nice. in back-to-back weeks, and I didn't have notes for either of them.
1: Well, I mean, you know, for for our show, some of the characters that we talk about are so, you know, not only ingrained in in pop culture, they're but iconic, they're, they're kind too. of part of who we are. So, yeah. you know, some, sometimes you can just talk about things off the cuff. Um, with, you know, very limited preparation. But I think it's kind of cool that, you know, not only do you have different writers contributing to this, you know, to this story, but you have the ability to go back and kind of, you know, see how the story has evolved. And I really encourage our listeners to start obviously with episode one and just give it a listen, give it a try. And, and, and see, you know, character. if you, yeah, you know, really just just stick with it and see how you know this character grows and and you know the the trials and tribulations that this character you know goes through and if
0: you if you enjoy stuff like you know tales from the crypt you know twilight zone are you afraid of the dark Mm. goosebumps things like this this is the stuff you grew up on and you grew up watching and and listening and you know, this is the type of thing, you know, Victoria's Lift is something you are definitely going
1: to enjoy. And what's so fantastic is it's audio. You can listen to it in your car on your way to work. You 20, can listen to it at Yeah. Listen to it at work. You know, it's 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 so easy. And because it's, you know, episode by episode, you're not, uh, it, it, it's almost like you know, it creates its own perfect stopping and starting place. Yeah. It's, it's you know, where sometimes like if you listen to.
0: Where it's like a new new thing every right. week. Where sometimes, Except you know, if you listen to.
1: Um, two and three Part is your Audiobooks, you know, sometimes you have to like, is this a really good place to stop? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, You know, having it be, you know, in an episode form, it does it for you. So it's perfect.
0: Yeah. It's like watching, watching a show. You, and this is definitely, uh, I would say binge worthy.
2: No, oh, these are high compliments. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, the, the length of the show is pretty conscious. We try to keep them around 30 minutes or less. So they're consumable. Um, and, and as you say, you can really listen to them in any order because Victoria's timeline is a big mix match of, of, you know, uh, she bounces around a lot. Um, and you're catching her in different episodes at different point in her timeline. Um, so, you know, you may get an episode where she's 70 years old, another episode where she's 300 years old. Um, it just depends on, you know, how she's written and, and where it is on her timeline. There's really no. Uh, set order to listen to them and we do bury a little secret here and there and, and you know There is an overarching story that you will get bits and pieces of over time um, But you know, like I said, there's the core stories. There's the visitor stories, but even the visitor stories Some characters that come in mean a little more than than you think they do whenever you first hear them um, We're doing a special um, series f- just for our Patreon supporters actually coming up in the new season uh, that I'm really excited about where some of the characters that have appeared before are going to show up again, um, mm-hmm. and our goal with that is at the end of the at the end of that I think it's ten ten episode run that we're going to do written by uh, Christopher Long who's written some episodes of um, the, the Left before and um, also written for the Wicked Library. Uh, he's we kind of you know um worked together to come up with the the idea and the plot. i mean i don't want to take any anything away from him because a lot of it is on him but the basic concept and framework we talked about together and then he's going to write those as little mini episodes for our patreon supporters and at the end of that uh, we're going to release it as a novella um so he's writing it in script format but he's going to convert it to prose and that'll come out at the, uh, the end of the, the season on, on Patreon, uh, for anybody to, to pick up if they want to.
0: Very cool. So, like I said, I know we've, uh, we've been going for a while and, you know, obviously you have a lot of, uh, a lot of work to do, and we have another interview that we're preparing for in a couple of hours, uh, but I want to end it with, uh, unless you have anything else.
1: No, I'm good.
0: All right. So I'm going to end it with this, uh, this last question. Okay. What would be your dream collaboration like, you know, the voice acting, not to take anything away from the voice actors that you have, but if you were like, okay, I'm going to do like this special event and I want, you know, Amy Lee to be the voice of Victoria and, you know, uh, or, you know, whoever could narrate, you know, if you had a choice,
2: um, oh, there's so many great voices, um, okay, so from from a writer perspective, I mean, I'll, I'll reveal, and this has never been a secret. I'm a huge Neil Gaiman fan. Mm-hmm. I've I've I'd love to have Neil write a, a lift episode. I think it's totally within his wheelhouse. I think it's totally within his realm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there there there's. There was at one point some discussion where we, we he, he did write an episode or, or he, we were able to take one of his stories and make it a Wicked Library episode with permission of Cat uh, Mijos. And and Neil signed a contract that allowed us to do that. So that was a, a big white will for me to actually get him on the show. Um, and, you know, I, I talked to Cat a couple of times about trying to see if, you know, he could write an episode of The Lift and or Victoria's Lift, as we call it now. Um, we've talked about it a couple of times. It's just that I don't think it's that he's not interested. I think it's just, He's Neil Gaiman. He's got a ton of stuff going on. So who am I to ask him to write an episode of my little podcast? Um in terms of uh voice actors, geez. Um if it's the right episode, I would love to hear Sam Elliott. Um Hmm. uh if it's if it's the right episode, I think Neil Gaiman would actually be a great narrator. I love his voice and uh the way he tells stories. So
0: he did play the cat in the Simpsons uh uh Version of uh, Coraline.
2: Yeah, very nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just a short list. I mean, there's there's so many. Um, I love Matthew McConaughey's voice as well. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Let's we'll go with those. We'll go with those three.
0: Okay, that's a solid list. So, uh, Dan, I really want to thank you for uh, for joining us. But before we let you go. Um, where can folks find you? Like, obviously, we're going to put a bunch of links in the in the show notes and whatnot. But uh, where do you like people following you, interacting with you on uh, social media?
2: Um, so f- for for the shows, it's just at Victoria's Lift um, on Twitter, at the Wicked Library on Twitter. If they want me, I'm at Defoy Tech on on Twitter. Um, that's probably where we're most active in terms of interacting. We, we do maintain the, the regular Facebook pages. Um, I'm probably not real good about being on Facebook. Um, but I will interact with people on Twitter. Um, if they want to find out more about all the stuff that we do, you just go to ninthstory.com. There's links there to victorious and the wicked and all the other stuff that we've done. Um, yeah. So I guess that's probably the best places to find us.
0: And 9 uh, ninth story.com, that's the number nine th story.com.
2: You are correct. I almost forgot that I usually say that.
0: I have it I have it written down, so I just want to make sure that <laughs> folks get that.
2: Because yeah, I, I, I if
0: I hadn't written it down, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. But that's why you do your research when you interview people.
2: Absolutely. If you're doing your job, unless unless you're Larry King, who can get away without doing any research, apparently.
0: Yeah, well. he's dead now. I was so. gonna say not anymore. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's that's one of the things I remember seeing whenever he whenever he passed. Is people saying, you know, Larry never researched. I'm like, well, that's kind of irresponsible.
0: Oh um, uh, Hello,
2: everybody. Welcome to Larry King. Today we're going to talk to what's your name again?
0: Yeah. Barack and what Obama.
2: Wearing? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and why are you here? Where am I? Why don't I have pants? Is that a diaper I'm wearing? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Dan, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, you know, I look forward to some uh, collaborations down the road. You know, we'll ha- definitely have to have you on again, especially when you are you start releasing some more stuff, you- like your uh, your special Patreon stuff, your novellas and whatnot. Uh, we'll have to have well, you. Thank on you.
2: It'll be a lot of fun. I, I totally enjoyed it. I- I'm happy to come back anytime you want me.
0: Awesome. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll uh, wrap up the show. So. Stay tuned. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's name Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey there, this is JB. And if you enjoy Tales from the Crypt, then check out my show. Tales from the Podcast, where myself, and usually a very special guest, sit down to discuss the TV show, the films, the animated series, as well as the original comics. So check me out every other week on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course at talesfromthepodcast.com.
1: Thanks for listening, kiddies. You're all a scream.
0: <sous-urry> Patrick Ray Hall <laughs> in the motherfucking house. Patrick Ray in the motherfucking house. Patrick
1: Ray Hall in the motherfucking house. Patrick Ray in the motherfucking house.
0: And we are back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that uh, episode. That was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely check out Victoria's Lift. Like, the ambiance, the, the creepiness, like, all the stuff that goes into this, all the people that work on this, um, I highly recommend it. And, again, it's coming from Jeanette. Like, that's her recommendation, and, you know, that's why I checked it out. That's why we had this interview with Dan. Um, so I totally recommend it as well. So you you folks at home should check this out as well. It's
1: definitely something that's a little different than really anything else that's out there or anything that I know of yeah. like that it's not it's not an audio book it's not you know somebody just reading a book to you it's a the the book you know this 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 book just comes to life in your ears you know yeah. like the the visuals that they were they're able to create are just. You know, it's it's phenomenal. And, you know, obviously the accompanying artwork done by Jeanette is yes. just fantastic because she is fantastic and she does fantastic work.
0: And really the only recurring character, uh, you know, other than the the couple of hints that uh, Dan gave us for some of the stuff that we're going to potentially see in this upcoming season. It's really the story of all these different people that are interacting with Victoria. And it's really well done. Yeah. Um, the The voice acting is excellent. Dan's dramatic reading, the uh, dramatic reading of uh, some of the other folks, uh, it's well done. So I highly recommend it. You can get it anywhere you get your uh, your podcasts, and um, obviously we'll have links in the show notes as well. So check it out, and, uh,
1: and a huge thank you to Dan for joining us.
0: Yeah, like we were trying to get uh, get him on the show a couple weeks ago, uh, didn't happen. We got him this week. So, everything worked out in the end. So, it was great.
1: Everything's coming up, Wilmouse.
0: Everything's coming up, Wilmouse. Um, so, we have battle results.
1: We do have battle results. So, last week we, we technically did throw down a battle. It obviously wasn't in our typical battle style because last week's episode wasn't a typical episode of Throwdown Thursday. We were joined by some rock star guests talking about Godzilla and King Kong and the ultimately the trailer that dropped I was like a month ago, not Maybe even a couple of weeks ago. What is time anymore, anyways, yeah, who really? Knows? Um but, you know, just kind of dissecting the, the the trailer a little bit more, using our knowledge of, of, you know, the two characters and, you know, the prior films and comic books and everything to make some predictions as to what we're thinking is going to happen in the film that drops the end of next month.
0: Yeah. March 31st. So,
1: like I said, we didn't technically throw down a battle, but we kind of did. Uh, so we wanted to know who you thought would win this battle seeing seeing as it's godzilla versus kong we wanted to know who would win so we called it the clash of the kaiju titans who will win godzilla king kong or something else and if, the you, audience. and if you and if you listen to last week's episode you kind of know some of our theories as to what maybe the something else is and we'll just leave it at that so anyways facebook and the twitters are in agreement godzilla is a victor regardless of what happens regardless of how everything plays out
0: I think we are the winners. Ultimately, Good. I
1: really yes, yes. Ultimately, we are the winners.
0: Yeah, because we get to see this and uh, finally, based on the the trailers and there's a new trailer that came out that kind of reaffirms my position. Like they keep releasing little bits of new footage to make it <laughs> seem like there's uh, a distinct advantage one way or the other. But uh, I don't, I don't think we're gonna. Oh,
1: that editing.
0: Yeah, it's wacky, but uh, but yeah. So next week we have another kind of uh outside of our normal format type of episode. We have uh we had the opportunity to interview true crime writer Stephanie Kane and the difference between her and most other
1: I was going to say she's not your typical true crime author and I think we should just leave it at that.
0: Yeah. Cause she gets into it uh, quite a bit in the, in the show. And... So
1: if you are interested in true crime, like I am addicted, love it. I've been watching a lot and re- listening to a lot of, of different podcasts and stuff. Um, or if you like crime thrillers, if you just like really interesting puzzles, if you are intrigued by cold cases, You'll definitely wanna t- tune in to next week's episode. Um, not only is she a an, an author, like so, she is a uh, has a bra- background in the law profession.
2: Yeah, she but, was a lawyer. Yes,
1: yeah, but she is uh, she's a seasoned writer. So she has a few books under her belt. But Six the book, or seven, yeah. Yeah, but the book that she is currently promoting, in anticipation of its release, the first week of March, um, is a little different than anything she's done before, and is definitely different than most of the cold case books that are out there. So you'll definitely want to tune in to next week's episode, and yeah, that's all I'm saying. it's gonna be pretty um, awesome. We had the, I, I had the opportunity to kind of pick her brain a little bit and discuss some things off air, and she, oh, oh my goodness. And that's, I, I can't say anything. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, so definitely you are not gonna want to miss next week's episode, and it's, we'll it's leave it at that. yeah, we'll just yeah. leave it at that.
0: So that's what we got coming up, and we are inching ever closer to episode two fifty. Two fifty. We also have another. Uh, if you like, gonna the,
1: have a party.
0: If you like the Godzilla episode that we did, we're gonna be doing another one once. Uh, once Justice League drops, we're gonna have a whole bunch of different people with different it's points of view.
1: Snyder cut.
0: Uh, and of course uh you know we're going to have some awesome people who are well versed with uh hero movies and also who are not as well versed because that's the type of uh you know balance we like to have so uh there are folks that are really looking forward to this like myself and folks who are really not looking forward to it but are going to watch it because their patrons have decreed it <laughs> uh but
1: I'm interested to see exactly what it is if it's going to change the film and the story oh
0: yes for just from the trailer i've seen it changes the story See,
1: i haven't i haven't seen the trailer i don't know too too much about it except for you know it's the fact that it's the it's the film that zach snyder wanted to
0: wanted to release make, not the film that joss whedon like ruined and then complained about and turns out
1: because i wasn't my, i, I my, really my whole
0: thought on him is Right, I always thought he was a fucking scumbag,
1: and he is. Um, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Justice League.
0: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't. Not a great. lot of
1: people were. So it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens.
0: Yeah, but uh, we'll be covering that next uh, in a couple of weeks once that drops. But uh, yeah, we got a pretty full slate ahead of us. We'll be uh, getting back to our normal schedule in a couple weeks. Our normal format. So. Uh,
1: we have some great characters to talk about too. That Cruella trailer just dropped.
0: Yeah. So I, that
1: is a character we are going to have to discuss because yeah, that trailer just dropped. My my oh shut up.
0: There may it's it seems like a Joker origin story. Like if you had just been like, Oh, this is Martha Wayne I would have been like, Okay.
1: But a lot more fashionable.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think even Martha Wayne would have killed puppies. But we'll 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 get into that. We'll we'll talk about Cruella in a couple of weeks. But uh, with that being said,
2: we, we will see
0: you next Thursday. Thursday.